Good morning. Let's worship together. Shall we begin with some singing? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Sing 
It's good to see you here this morning on this fifth Sunday of Easter. We will have worship by the campfire this evening at 6 p.m. Our coffee kids and life Sunday school class will resume on June 5th. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, From among all the land animals, these are the creatures that you may eat any animal that has divided hoofs and is cleft-footed, and choose, choose the cud, such you may eat. But among those that chew the cud or have divided hoofs, you shall not eat the following. The camel, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have a divided hoof. It is unclean for you. The rock badger, for even though it claw chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs. It is also unclean for you. The hare, for even though it chews the cud, it does not have divided hoofs, it is unclean for you. The pig, even, for even though it has divided hoofs and is cleft-footed, it does not chew the cud, it is unclean for you. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch, they are unclean for you. These you may eat, of all that are in the waters, everything in the waters that have fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the streams, such you may eat. But anything in the seas or the streams that does not have fins and scales, of the swarming creatures in the waters, and among all other living creatures that are in the waters, they are detestable to you, and detestable they shall remain. Of their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall regard as detestable. Everything in the waters that does not have fins and scales is detestable to you. These you shall regard as detestable among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vultures, the osprey, the buzzard, and the kite of any kind. Every raven of any kind. The ostrich, the nighthawk the seagull, the hawk of any kind, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the water hen, the desert owl, the carrying vultures, the stork, the heron of any kind, the hoopoe, and the bat, all winged insects that walk upon all fours are detestable to you. But among the winged insects that walk on all fours, you may eat those that have jointed legs 
above their feet, with which to leap on the ground. Of them you may eat, the locust according to its kind, the bald locust according to its kind, the cricket according to its kind, and the grasshopper according to its kind. But all other winged insects that have four feet are detestable to you. Let us pray. Loving God, we gather in this place today to worship you and give you thanks. We praise you for all you give us. May we always be thankful. Open our hearts and our understanding this morning as your word is proclaimed. Show us that repentance leads to life. Guide us that we may seek you in spirit and in truth. Teach us to be holy, for you are holy. Remind us often that we serve you alone and not others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, has it been a long night? Maybe been a long year, maybe been a hard life, maybe you're not all right. If you got a little red in your eye, you come to the right place. People like you, people like me, this is where we all find grace. Come on now, that you want to see hallelujah. That you say amen. I can't help but celebrate being born again. There's somebody who loves you. He's waiting at the door. It's home sweet home here in the house of the Lord. Take a load off. You're about to find your rest. It's a crazy world out there. Right here out of the wilderness If you need it, what? This is where we all find grace Come on now If you want to sing hallelujah Then you say amen Can't help but celebrate being born again There's somebody who loves you He's waiting at the door Burden, you can lay them down at the door. 
that music. We have more of it. It won't be by our praise band, but they're very similar and popular songs today that will happen at our campfire worship tonight. And we would love to have everyone come on out. Our um, anchored youth ministry will be playing a song and we will be focusing on the way faith affects our health. So if you attended the health fair yesterday, thank you for attending. And this will be an extension of that. There is dinner included. Mr. Roy Allen's cooking dinner for us and um, just a great time to gather and fellowship together and have some dinner and have s'mores and worship God in his beautiful world. And yes, we live in Texas. Yes, I know it's hot, but I also know we don't melt, so it'll be okay. And if it's too hot, we have this wonderful building we can come into. So we will still be having campfire worship um, at 6 p.m. tonight. Kiddos, come on forward. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. good. We're having a good day? Tired? I am tired, too. We should all have nap time. What do you think? We'll leave out of here, and we'll have worship nap time. I want to talk to you guys today about, um, have, you, have you ever heard a story in the Bible, and it just seems weird to you? No? No, as you get older and you start reading through the Bible on your own, there's going to be a lot of things inside this book that just seem odd, right? Some of the things that they talk about, like that passage that Ms. Val just read, it seems weird. Did you guys know that it's okay to eat grasshoppers? Right? God called them clean animals. We can eat them. Did you know that we're not supposed to eat pig? We're not, we're not supposed to have delicious, wonderful bacon, right? Did you know that? What? Bacon's delicious, isn't it? Don't eat hammy. Well, that's because that passage of scripture came out of the book of Leviticus, which is part of the old covenant that God had with his chosen people, the Israelites. And that passage of scripture was written way before Jesus came to earth. It's very old. If you want to think about it this way, Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago, right? So we could think of the New Testament as being 2,000 years old. The Old Testament... You can add a couple thousands onto that, and you're probably pretty close to the age of it. And if you've ever read through the genealogy of Jesus in Luke chapter 3 and all of the generations that came before him, there was a lot of time between Jesus or between the beginning of the world and Jesus coming to us. So some of the things in here we don't get because we're not looking at them from that perspective, right? We're looking at them from 2022, and why in the world would I want to eat a grasshopper even though God said I could? That does not sound delicious to me. But bacon does. And I need to think about the fact that that was the old covenant that God had with his people. And he had it for a reason. There's all sorts of reasons why God had rules in place for his covenant. And the old covenant that the Israelites had to follow was a way of making sure that they were following God. Right? They were following the rules that he set out. That they were clean and they were righteous and holy. So that when they passed away, they could enter into heaven with him and live with him forever. There were over 600 laws in that old covenant. 600. Can you guys remember 600 things at any given time? No? I'm pretty sure if we filled this room with 600 people that I had met in my life and I knew, I couldn't tell you all of their names. Let alone remember 600 laws at any given time. That's a lot. And the problem was is that humans failed. 
God's chosen people, the Israelites, they were having trouble keeping this covenant. It was just, it was hard, right? And so God loved the entire world so much, right? We know this verse, that he sent his only son down here to change that covenant, to make sure that we can talk to Jesus anytime we want to, to make sure that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and that God has a direct relationship with us. And he took those, that huge set of rules and he condensed them down for us because he wanted to make sure that we had a relationship with him. And we're going to talk about a story today from, this, from my friend Peter. You guys know I like Peter, right? He was, he was one of Jesus' disciples, and I like him because I think I'm a lot like him. He just opened his mouth, and stuff came out. And Peter said things that were wrong all the time, but he was still a very important part of God's kingdom. Even though he made mistakes and said things that were wrong, he was huge in growing the early church. And the Israelite nation, the Jewish people, at the time of Jesus living and dying, were struggling. See, they had lived for generations under this old covenant. They had lived for a long, 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 long time following these rules. And when Jesus came, he sort of shattered that. He took those rules and just broke them apart, and he changed things. But when you're so set in following rules and when you've been taught that you have to do things this way to know God, it's hard to break that, isn't it? It's part of who you are. It's part of your being. And so the early church was divided. And the disciples that followed Jesus were trying to keep those old rules while following Jesus. And they had a hard time accepting other people into their church. They had a hard time accepting uh, what we call Gentiles or non-Jewish people into their church. And Peter has this vision where God basically tells him, well, we'll learn more about the vision in Spark Worship. But God tells him, don't call something unclean that I have made clean. I changed the rules. I did it. It is not your job to judge whether somebody is worthy of my kingdom or not. And Peter went and told the rest of the church that. And that is the reason why we have churches today where we're not from a Jewish background, right? I, had, I know that I haven't followed the old covenant at all in my life. Has, it, has anybody else here? But we are all part of God's kingdom, and we're all loved dearly by him. Because he changed the rules for us. And it's our job to make sure that everyone knows about God's love and that they are worthy of God's love too. Right? Will you all pray with me? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes, and say, Dear God, thank you for offering salvation to all who call on your name. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to exit out the side for spark worship. Morning. How are y'all? It's good to see all of you here on this, what is today? The 15th of May. So, wow, the middle of May already. Wow. I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow that it is to see all of you here on this beautiful morning. Praise the Lord. I'll echo what Jesse said. We had a real good uh, health fair yesterday. Wonderful, wonderful, lots of good information to keep us, I guess, to be like a Timex watch, right? Keep on ticking. So that's good. And as Jesse also alluded to, the Bible is chunk full of stuff that if we paid attention to, 
we would all be in better health. Praise the Lord for that. I've got a rattlesnake. Our pianist is okay. She's fine, but she's not here. She's uh, recovering. She had a uh, procedure on Wednesday. Oh, Lord, we pray. Uh, other rainbows and or rattlesnakes. I'm happy to be here. It's a wonderful day, and thanks for your continued support. Okay. So it is a wonderful day, and we all should be happy to be here, right? Yes. Oh, Lord, we pray. Tuesday, I'm having a cataract surgery on one eye. Oh, Lord, we pray. Okay, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this day and everything that you bless us with. We, we really don't know how good we have it. There are many, many, many people in this earth, and of them we are particularly blessed, and we thank you for that. We lift up those we've named. There are many who remain unnamed. We ask that you would heal them in body, mind, and spirit. Lord, we, we lift up our Christian brothers and sisters anywhere in the world. I particularly want to lift up our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine and in Afghanistan. Lord, I lift up those who are in areas of violence, wherever it is, whether it's on another continent or whether it's right here in our city. I lift up all of your children that we would live in peace and harmony. I lift up the leaders of this country and all the nations of the world, that they would seek and do your will. And I ask, Lord, that you would guide all of us with your Holy Spirit as your word is proclaimed this morning. Let us hear you and obey you that we might tell the world of the love of your Son who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Well, when I was reading that passage in Leviticus, I couldn't help remembering a commercial from my youth, right? And I'm sure a lot of you probably remember it as well. You know, it's one of those things you can you can you can end what I begin, right? It's my dog's better than your dog, right? My dog's better because he gets, right, my dog's better than yours, right? So, now that may seem sort of goofy. Look at, look at what it says and just consider, consider any marketing that you've recently heard, Right? So the, the premise there is, is my dog is better than your dog, right? Now, you know, it's sort of like everybody thinks their kids are better than everybody else's kids too, right? But it's not true, you know. My kids are just as rotten as the next person's kids. Now, I know some people are in serious denial about that. But as it says, I think Paul says in Galatians, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? But, but the point is, the point is, is we do have a proclivity to think that ours and us are better than others, right? Are better than others. I'm better than you are one way or the other. Now, I know most of you don't actually say that out loud most of the time, but, but when we look around and think about it, and again, when we're inundated in the world about trying to one-up the next person and uh, those sorts of things. So, something to think about as we read today's New Testament reading, which comes from Second Luke chapter 11. It says, Peter's report to the church at Jerusalem. Consider the word of the Lord. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, I got to stop. Remember, you always go up to Jerusalem. You go up to Jerusalem. It's a, it's a constant. Anytime Scripture tells us to go up to Jerusalem, it's reminding us that God's ways are higher than our ways and that we, we in our ways can be better because we can go up to Jerusalem. We can make the choice. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Hmm. Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. 
as I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me, the Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who put the moon and the stars in their places, God who doesn't allow a bird to fall to the ground without knowing it, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Wow. Here's a classic case of us and them, right? Right there in good old chapter 11 of the, by the way, the, you know, it's, it's, we refer to that as the acts of the apostles. It's not the thoughts of the apostles or the good intentions of the apostles or the real solid theology of the apostles. It's the acts of the apostles. It's the history of the early church and what the early church did, right? Did. And us, just like the early church, have the
have been charged with the task of teaching people to do what Jesus said. That's what a disciple is. That's what a follower of Jesus is. It's somebody who does what Jesus said to do. And that's still our job. I want to start with a reminder from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 41 says, and I put my spirit on him. And him, in this case, Isaiah 40, verse 1, is the Messiah. Okay, that's what it's referring to. So that he could bring justice to all the nations. All the nations. Not just the people of Israel, all right? All the nations. So the first thing we see here in this passage is it says the, the party of the circumcised, okay? The good Orthodox folks, right? Who did everything right except love their neighbor as themselves, who did everything right, are, are mad at Peter because he ate with the wrong kind of people, right? We've heard this before, right? Happened to Jesus, right? One of the places that sticks out in my mind that it happened to Jesus is in Luke chapter 15, right? Y'all remember Luke chapter 15? Luke chapter 15 is, the, is a chapter where three things get lost and three things get found as well. But that chapter starts out with the scribes and the Pharisees being mad at Jesus because he ate with tax collectors. And I could probably go along with them there. But uh, because he ate with tax collectors and sinners, right, and sinners, you know, that's, that's what he was doing. So, so they were down on him, just like this group of people. They, and let's remember, Peter has gone back to Jerusalem, and these are followers of Jesus, right? These are followers of Jesus. And they are uh, mad at Peter because he's eating with the wrong kind of people. Jesus ate with the wrong kind of people all the time, right? As should we, as should we, by the way, uh, because the wrong kind of people are the right kind of people for Jesus, right? They're the people that need Jesus, as he said, right? Well, people don't need a physician, right? It's the sick people that need a physician, right? One of those wrong kind of people, one of those tax collectors, right, was good old short Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus back there in uh, Luke chapter 19, right? Jesus goes in and, 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 you know, it's easy to remember where Zac Zacchaeus lived, right? Y'all remember where Zacchaeus lived? Jericho, right? He climbed a sycamore tree, but he lived in Jericho. It's easy to remember because Jericho is the lowest place on earth, right? And Zacchaeus is a short tax collector. So, so you can remember that easily that way. So Jesus goes to Zacchaeus, who is a tax collector, the wrong kind of person. But at the end of that, or not at the end of that chapter, in, the, in verse 10 of chapter, of chapter 19, Jesus says what? He says, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost, right? That which was lost. 
which we need to remember that lost is not a matter of where you're going. It's a matter of where you are, right? That's what lost is. If you're lost, you're lost wherever you are. It's not because you haven't arrived at your destination. It's because you're lost right now. And then I think about Matthew. I think about Matthew chapter 8. It says that Jesus entered Capernaum, you know, one of those towns there around the Sea of Tiberias, and it said what? There was a centurion who came to him, a centurion, a pesky Roman occupying soldier, right? Who knows where he was from, right? You know, he was a Roman soldier. Romans took soldiers from every place they conquered. So uh, we don't know where this Roman soldier was from. Moreover, we don't have any idea where his servant was from. And he came to Jesus and said, my servant is sick. Would you heal him? And uh, if we could only get a hold of this. It's such a good lesson. It's such an excellent lesson on prayer and the unreality of what we think is reality. You see, reality is happening around us all the time, and we don't even notice it. Stephen saw it when he was getting stoned, right? And it said the heavens opened up. But... Jesus said, I'll come heal your servant. And the centurion says, what? No, 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 no. I don't want to bother you. You don't have to go over there and heal my servant. Just say the word. Just say the word. Prayer is not limited by distance or geographical location. He was the wrong kind of person. He was a Roman centurion. And then, of course, there's the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4 that Jesus was talking to and asking for a drink of water, you know. Now, she got it, too. She got it, too, that there was an us and a them, and the us's didn't associate with the them's and vice versa. And she said to Jesus, what? She says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan, for a drink of water? We have to ask ourselves, do we ever think that we're in and somebody else is out? Acts chapter 11 says we really ought not think that way. And then it says when Peter, you know, Peter, bless his heart, you know, bless his heart, he's got a, he's got a habit of talking back to God, doesn't he? You know, wow. God says, Peter, get up and get yourself some lunch. And Peter says, you know, I only eat a kosher diet. You know, 
I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. And what does God say? He says, don't call anything common. Don't call anything profane that I have made clean, right? Wow. John the Baptist, right? Good old John the Baptist, who, like I said, when I was reading that, I, I couldn't help it. You know, sometimes things happen like that to me. You know, sometimes my mouth engages before my brain. And he ate locusts and wild honey, right? And the locusts that he ate, you know, you know, like those, those insects that are kosher. Have any of you ever had chocolate-covered grasshoppers? They're really not too bad. Chocolate-covered grasshoppers are kosher, you know. Chocolate-covered cockroaches are not. But I've never seen anybody try to market those. They must have hired the same PR firm that the dog food people did. And Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, he says, what? He says, you are clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Again, I know you all think I'm senile and suffer from dementia and everything because I repeat things, but you have to store up the Word of God in your heart. You have to study the Scripture. If you don't, you're setting yourself up for failure. That's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up for death and destruction. That's what you're doing. You have to get the Word in you, and the Word cleanses you, and the Word is health to your bones and makes you strong. Jesus died for that centurion as well as the centurions that nailed him to a cross, as well as all the people will ever see. All the people will ever come across. And who are we to call them unclean when Jesus has cleansed them by dying for them? We're not. So we might ask ourselves, do I ever call anyone common or unclean who's not? Now, Peter, like I said, who's always in the, or, or who's often portrayed as talking back to God, which is a good thing. At least he's talking to God, right? A lot, uh, you know, you, know you, might, you might fault him for talking back to God, but at least Peter's talking to God. A lot of people aren't, ever. Peter is. He says something very profound here. He says, who am I that I should hinder God? Well, in one aspect, that makes you seem like you're, uh, you're pretty powerful, right, that you could hinder God. And on the, on, the, on the grand scale, nothing we can do can hinder God's ultimate perfect will. But we can make it harder for people to realize the kingdom of God and the gifts that God has given 
by the things that we do and say to each other and to those around us, you know. Again, we're supposed to be teaching people to do the things that Jesus told us to do. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Everything else is secondary. Everything else ultimately doesn't matter. I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. If we, when, we, when we weep and gnash our teeth about the state of things, uh, the state of things would be a lot better if we were all about doing what we're supposed to be doing instead of weeping and gnashing our teeth about the state of things if we just get out there and do something about the state of things. But Peter, who remember, Peter also walked on water. Peter, who in Matthew chapter 16, if you remember, at one time Jesus took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi, not to be confused with the Caesarea that's in this chapter that we just read about, right? The Caesarea that we just read about here in Acts chapter 11 is Caesarea Marinera, okay, which was the capital, okay? That's where Pontius Pilate lived. He was only in Jerusalem for, anyway, we won't go there. We've already had Easter this year. Okay, so one time Jesus took the disciples to Caesarea Philippi. And remember when he was there? He asked them. He says, who do you say that I am? And Peter got it right, right? Peter got it right. Peter knew Isaiah 40. Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And by the way, uh, that's the part two where it says, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against them. I'm going to found my church. You know, Peter, you're the rock, blah, blah, blah. Because the gates of hell were at Caesarea Philippi. Okay, or that's what people believed back then. That's where the Greeks had a temple to Pan, right? Pan, from which comes the word panic, the goat god, okay? They considered that the entrance to hell right there. Jesus took his disciples there and to teach them some things. And just a few minutes later, after Peter says that, Jesus starts talking about getting crucified and rising from the dead. And Peter says, uh-uh, that ain't going to happen, Lord, right? That's not, that, that's not right. That's not going to happen, right? And Jesus said, what? Get behind me, Satan, right? Get behind me, Satan, because you are a hindrance to me, right? And y'all remember what Jesus said? Remember why Jesus said Peter was a hindrance? He was a hindrance because he was on the side of man instead of the side of God. So we need to ask ourselves, are we a hindrance? Are we on God's side? Or are we on man's side? You can't serve two masters. Jesus also told us. So it's one or the other, you know. It's not a both and. It is an either or, uh, pure and simple.
And then we get down to the end there, and it says, what? When they realized what Peter had said and what was going on, they said, what? Hush my mouth. It says they were silent. They were silent. They realized that they were wrong. They realized that they had been envious, you know. Envy, that's being resentful of somebody else's blessings. They were being envious, and they realized that what God gave repentance. Notice that, notice that. God gave repentance to the Gentiles also. See, there's, there's the rub, isn't it? God gives everybody the choice, the ability to make the decision. But God never, ever makes decisions for anyone. We get to do that. We get to make our decisions. And if we're on the side of God, we're hopefully not hindering anybody else's decision. So this morning again, you know, when you're sitting around contemplating things later today, you know, ask yourself, do I ever think I'm in and they're out? Do I ever think that somebody that Jesus died for is no good? Do I ever take the side of man instead of the side of God? And I remember to be grateful when other people are blessed. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen.